Do you know how to find the right oil for your car? Now you can find out quickly and easily online, thanks to Castrol's Rego to Oil tool. Simply type in your Rego, select your state, and within seconds you'll know the best Castrol products to unlock the edge of performance in your car. So what's your car best suited to? Just search Rego, the number two, and oil, and find out. Ah, Repco Supercars Weekly, another week, supercars in action in Townsville on the weekend. Aaron Noonan here. Great to be with you as we take a look back at what unfolded on the weekend in the WD40 Townsville Super Sprint. We're pretty much, well, it's about halfway now through the Repco Supercars Championship. Bit of a question mark over how many rounds we're going to get in and where and when and why and how. But we will keep on pounding through them as much as we can. A little bit of news to keep you rolling. Uh, for your calendars, don't go to Sydney. August 21-22 to Sydney Motorsport Park. Queensland Raceway is going to be back on the calendar for that weekend. Supercars announcing on the weekend that that is the intent for the next round of the championship in about a month's time. So obviously the Victorian teams have headed home and now it's a question of turning around and getting back up to Queensland and dealing with the current COVID scenario that we're in here in Melbourne and Victoria and of course in New South Wales as well. So Queensland Raceway uh, off the calendar last year. Back on August 21-22, that will be the next round of the championship. Of course, it was a big weekend. Shane Van Gisbergen with the uh, top point scoring for the weekend, but Cam Waters with two winners' trophies. Shane with the one. Uh, Battles of the Bulls, Cam Waters stepping up there. Will Davison in the mix as well. Uh, The championship is in an interesting place if you take out Shane Van Gisbergen, but the problem is he's still fast. He's still up the front. Plenty of battles going on. Racing quality was great on the weekend. Uh, Different strategies in play. Tyres coming and going at different points. Uh, Really racy on the weekend. Thoroughly uh, enjoyed sitting on the couch and tuning in, taking in all the action and uh, keeping the stats pumping too. There was plenty going on over the course of the weekend to keep a track of as well. One man keeping an eye on it all will be back with us in October at the Repco Bathurst 1000. He's the four-time Bathurst 1000 winner, Greg Murphy. I caught up with him this morning to talk about the weekend in Townsville and a bunch of other stuff in the supercar sphere at the moment. Well, Greg Murphy, the weekend was all about the Bulls, but there was plenty going on in other places, and Cam Waters goes and grabs himself two race wins. The burning question for me, mate, I'm interested in your take, is Cam Waters the greatest threat to Triple Eight this year above Mostert, Davison, and Di Pasquale? I think so. I think he is. Listen, I've got to take my hat off to Pickford and Cam and the team there to turn things around the way they did. I did not see that coming. I don't think anyone did, did they? Um, to see Cam, you know, two races the previous weekend. I think he was down a lap on Saturday and nearly down a lap on Sunday. And he comes back to be a threat like that and win two races a week later. I love the back-to-back format of being at a racetrack two weeks in a row. It, it just throws up so many curves and, and allows people to, to adapt and learn uh, the way they did. And I think it's... It, it squarely has, for Cam, given him so much confidence as well. It puts him in a really powerful position. So I'm, I really hope he can continue and, and become a bigger threat and a thorn in the side for those guys um, like he was on the weekend. It was sensational. One of the things that we get from the fans so often, Murph, is, gee, they all make it easy for Van Gisbergen. They just let him by. You know, They don't fight him. They don't take yeah. him on. But you've got to understand that... <laughs> You can, it's only worth fighting if you've got a car that's capable of fighting with. If, you, if you're if you fighting, it's kind of like the, the old Holy Grail uh, Monty Python. You know, you've got no arms and legs left, but, you know, it's only a flesh wound. I'll take you on. But we actually saw on the weekend 
Waters is willing to take him on, but he's also willing because he's got a car that he knows is capable of taking him on. That's the other yep. part that most people forget. But if you've got the, the horse, you can ride it. Yeah, and, and I think it was really interesting because, you know, Cam knew that uh, early in that race he was under under some pressure and it was too early in the race to go burning up his tyres. So he didn't put up a massive fight for Shane uh, early on. And, and I think probably Shane uh, showed his nose pretty late in the piece and Cam might not have had too much of an option, but it was a smart thing to let him go early for that reason. You know, it didn't quite have the car. It was going to end up costing him and it, it would have cost him a lot of time that he probably wouldn't have been in that position in the end if he tried to fight Shane early in the race. He might not have been in that position at the end to have have or be close enough or have the tyres uh, left to, to be in that position to take the lead through that um, that safety car situation. So you're exactly right. You know, there's often people make the wrong decision and they fight and it slows them down so much that it becomes detrimental later in the race. And, um, you know, Shane is a master at looking after his tyres. He's a master at, at um, you know, uh, uh, forcing people into mistakes. I mean, he just is relentless. And um, it was so cool to see Cam in that position at the end of the race on Sunday to to be able to be defensive but still have the speed and the capability to, to wear down Shane and wear down, you know, the Red Bull um, number 97 tyres and and be able to control that race at the end. It was it was a, a stellar performance and, and it was a proper car race, wasn't it? That was a car race. Yeah. And uh, yeah. we love we love seeing that. And you could see that Van Gisbergen at the end of it too. He was he was he was thankful um, for that uh, to be a part of that, that race and be a part of a dice that he put, still put a smile on his face even though he didn't win. Yeah, it's the classic clash, isn't it? Two youngsters, one's an Aussie, one's a Kiwi, one's in a Ford, one's in a Holden, one's a Monster Man, yep. one's a Red Bull Man. They've got the opposites of all the worlds going on in their racing and they find themselves on the, the same piece of tarmac. Murph, sprint format on the weekend, the the two, the, yep. the two lots of 250Ks the previous week probably didn't really generate the the interest that we thought we would when you open up the whole race to the, the possibilities. Surely... It's got to be time we remove the fuel dump from those 250k races because we don't have the Nissans and the Mercs and the Volvos trying to equalise that anymore. Surely that hems us in and it half drives those formats down the, the path of not quite Bordenville but not far off it. The short sharp on the weekend works. You don't get a good one every time but you sort of get more of a chance. Do you reckon we need to take away those fuel dumps to lighten up and make those longer races come into play and open up the options for, for all the teams? Yeah, maybe. I think, I think um, you can't get a better example, I suppose, doing back-to-back weekends at the same racetrack and uh, two different formats and get, get the results we got from it. And um, I, I think it'd be great to listen to the drivers on that one and see what they reckon about it. Um, I think also, you know, the, the strategy and the structure of limiting the amount of tyre sets is also a, such an integral, important part. Put the right tyre on the cars. That was the right tyre to have on those cars for the weekend. A, a higher dig uh, sort of tyre. You know, strategies came into place for guys stopping early and getting a massive undercut and then being able to manage and hold on towards the end. Yes, lose a couple of spots late in the piece, but but make big advantage uh, because their race cars were quite good. Um, but then it, everyone at the end, you know, there's a lot of conjecture and a lot of, you know, uh, speculation on who's got what tyres left uh, for that last race. And, and that's good stuff. You know, that that's where we want to be. We don't want everyone being in the same space. We don't want, um, you know, to know or actually have a dead set understanding of what everyone's got. You want some, some some sort of conjecture on all that, and you want some excitement around that 
not knowing, you know, and, and that played out, played out beautifully at Townsville um, uh, on take two on the sprint format. You know, we were just, we sort of had a whole lot of questions that weren't answered and couldn't be answered until the race got on the way. And that's what we want. We don't want to know what the result's going to be, and we certainly didn't on the weekend. No, it's like watching a movie when you know the ending. Why watch, why watch the movie if you know what's going to happen? Uh, one of the big questions yeah. that's drifting around the paddock at the moment, it, it, it's who replaces Jamie Winkup in 88? I mean, Brock Feeney continually gets linked. Mostert's out of the race. Water's out of the race. They've re-signed where they are. Percat's re-signed. Is this almost going to be that Feeney might be the last man standing? Or is there someone from the side that we haven't really heard? I keep hearing Earl Bamber's name mentioned here. Do you feel like that they need to bring in a young gun to develop them along, knowing that they've got Van Gisbergen to be there, he's their main strike weapon, or do they go down the path of someone who's established, who's worldwide credentialed or supercars credentialed and play that card? Where do you feel that they're going? Because it feels like it's almost becoming a, a process of elimination. Yeah, it's a tricky one, isn't it? It's pros and cons. Um, you know, is is Shane Van Gisbergen going to have what he had on the weekend with his teammate Jamie Wincup if Brock Feeney is that person? No. No, you're not going to have that first year. Is it going to happen second year? Maybe not. This, we know the this, this sport um, and supercars particularly takes a long time for drivers to, to find that groove and, and become subliminal with those with their you know with with a supercar and, and and all the circuits and just turn up at every racetrack and be on the game and, and Brock's clearly a, a future you know star but I just it must be a very difficult decision to sort of have to go down that path and throw him in, into you know the hornet's nest there and have to deal with all these these massive situations uh, with with the limited amount of experience clearly he's got some skills so it's a real challenge. The Earl Bamber scenario, well, I mean, Earl, the time that he has jumped in a supercar was incredibly impressive. I mean, he's a worldly, very experienced race car driver that you know is going to get in and, and, and be ahead of the game more than most drivers would be um, for someone who hasn't done a lot of supercars racing. Um, he's just he's just one of those X-Factor kind of guys. So, you know, that might be a better bet. Um, what about Richie Stanaway? You know, give that young guy a shot. Put him in the right environment. Um, you know, with the right team, with the right people, with the right equipment, with the right teammates. Um, you know, I wish he was on the list. I don't know if he is, but I wish he was because I think, uh, you know, we have not seen the best from that bloke. Um, and he needs, he needs a proper environment. And with the, with the change that uh, he has in his mental state and, and the, the step away from the sport from the period of time he has and where he is now, you know, it would be the prime opportunity to give someone like him a shot. And we know he already knows the tracks and he knows supercars. Uh, pretty well, so you know, I'd, I'd love it if he was on the list and got a got actually looking for this one. But it's a it's a hard one for Triple Eight to, to get right, um, and and maybe it won't be right straight away. But um, you know, they don't often leave uh, leave things sort of lingering for too long. Um, you know, they get on top of stuff no matter which way they go. So yeah, uh, big decisions to make by by that team. Yeah, Triple Eight not really a team that normally changes drivers very often, given Craig Lowndes's Long tenure, Jamie Winkup's been there since 2006, so they don't really get in the realm of having to replace the stickers on the windows with drivers' names very no. often for uh, the full-time seats. Uh, you mentioned Richie Stanaway. You and he are teaming up for the Repco Bathurst 1000 later in the year. How's the training going? We've been pumping out the kilometres of running and gym work <laughs> and lifting weights. And have, we, have you been driving any cars? How's it all coming together? No, I haven't been driving any cars. I haven't 
yeah, do any cars, mate. I'm, I'm, I'm sort of looking forward to doing that and trying to get one of these test days underway. But um, obviously, there's a few uh, few sticking points here at the moment with travel and uh, COVID, and uh, actually even internally in Australia. So that's that's uh, a little bit of a concern. Um, so I need to be doing some more laps, uh, doing a few laps on the sim. That's about it at the moment. Uh, but the training's going good. Hitting the gym um, three, four times a week and getting out on the mountain bike and, and getting some fitness. We're over a dirt bike on the weekend. Actually went and raced that um, at a local event, and that was bloody good training. So there's plenty happening in that space. I'm, I'm pretty happy with the way that's all moving forward. Um, but, um, yeah, the, the seat time that um, before too long is going to be a bit of a concern. Well, we'll just have to wait and see. You have to rely on a little bit of that experience. You've got a little bit of it floating around. <laughs> hey, one of the other things that's permeating out there in the supercars landscape at the moment that I'm, I'm loving sitting back reading the take from various news outlets and people on socials is about the the potential ownership sale of, of supercars. There's a bunch yeah. of people being linked to it. Um, what do you reckon's the most crucial aspect, regardless of who ends up buying it? What's the first thing or the, the most important thing you think that anyone who buys supercars needs to, to, to deal with or worry about? Uh, get rid of the team owners having, having control and decision-making over, uh, over a whole host of things. That's, uh, that's for me, that needs to be gone. You know, really? we, 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 need, we need to have team owners uh, having, having their opinion. Um, but not being able to, to uh, influence decisions because um, they're their own worst enemy, in my my opinion. And and you know we've seen seen plenty of examples of that over the years. You know the the sports the sports is you know it's built up with so many different pieces of a puzzle. There's so many mechanisms to it. But I, I think um, you know we we need to have uh, a passionate, real you know really like the team owners we've got now. Fantastic, got a great mix of team owners in there, but. But um, they don't often make the right decisions uh, based on the on the, the best thing for the sport. They make decisions based on what's best for them, and um, you know that's not what we need. We need a, a, a sport that uh, is able to evolve and continue to evolve and, and, and lower costs and, and and focus on what is is right for the fans and what the fans want, not what the, the teams want. Because we've you know evolved these cars, developed these cars into being such expensive tools. Um, that just you know, and slowly we're starting to now claw claw that back and make changes away from you know um, the way the cars used to be with so many more open components to them, which to save money. But it's taken too long, and that's down to team owners slowing that process down and not wanting to make those changes because it doesn't suit them. And we we can't have that anymore. We've got to get rid of that situation. We've got to give give the platform of what the car and, and the premise of the vehicle is, and go. That's what it is. If you don't like it, well then too bad. Um, you either want to be involved in the best uh, form of touring car racing in the world or you don't. So, you know, that's, that's the first thing that um, needs to be done, in my opinion. Um, it's going to save everyone a lot of money and save everyone a lot of heartache, and it's, um, and it's only going to add to the, to the sport and make it, make it better. Can you realistically see the teams giving up their, their cut of the pie, the, the 35%? Do you feel that there's a way financially that that can be replaced, well, think- that they can be recompensed by someone buying the whole shebang? Yeah, I think so. I think um, I think you know they they deserve obviously to have um, a, a fair stake as far as revenue and return goes. You're not going to take that away, um, but you need to you need to take away their um, you know their ability to to um, control some of the things that um, really aren't that important uh, to the the greater greater good of the sport. You know, as I say, decisions that are made by team owners in many cases are, uh, are, are stuff that suits them or they think is important, but it's not important to the to the fans or it's not important to the 
the way the sport looks or the way it, way it comes across on television or the, the you know the way the races are and, and um, the showcase that that you know that supercars is so you know um, I think if they are smart and they are invested in the future then um, you know that would be something that they should you know I believe they should be should be for you know making sure we've got the right owners that are going to make the right decisions about the sport and some of them that are, are certainly um, out there, uh, you know, promoting their interest in ownership and running it um, are only going to do great things with it. And we don't need to have the team owners, you know, making those decisions that they used to. And they've just got to got to be willing to accept that. Really interested to see how that all plays out over the, the next couple of months. Yeah, before, we let, before we let you go, mate, uh, tomorrow on the V8 Sleuth podcast, powered by Repco, is his chat with Marcus Ambrose. I caught up with him at GRM last week, and we talked about... We didn't go down the path of all the obvious stuff. Bathurst 05, been done to death. You had your say on it. He's had his say. It's all been done. The press conference, Gold Coast 04. Remember that one? How about when you come back to the mountain in October for the Repco Bathurst 1000 that Marcus gets to ask the questions at the press conference? I feel that's only fair and reasonable. <laughs> Mate, I'm keen with it. Keen for anything. That's fine with me. No problem at all. Um, you know, we there's some great stuff out there, and I hope that he sees um, like I do that. You know, all the things that we we did um, and were butting heads, you know, against uh, over those years is actually all being positive stuff in relation to you know um, history of the sport. And um, you know, I, I think I look back on it and and have a laugh and. And um, I hope I hope he does as well because you know they were they were significant moments and then the fact of it the fact of it is the people are still talking about that stuff and still watching that stuff and, and referencing it these days well then then it means something didn't it yeah, so um, yeah, totally. you know that, that's all that's all good good with me and and uh, you know we've we had some significant moments in the game and and um, you know I, I think now that's something that we should be should be proud of not uh, not try and run from or hide from or, or you know or uh, disagree on. So, you know, it's um, it's cool. Yeah, and, and I've got to say, that the, the chat is a ripper. It's about an hour's worth. It uh, drops tomorrow at midday. And uh, and Marcus talks about that era and the, the relationships and, and the, the competition level with yourself and Stephen Richards and, and Scaifey and, and yeah. Russell. And, um, and, but the, the overriding element, and I won't give it away, you've got to really tune in because he, he opens up about some of this stuff really great. It's the respect. It's huge respect in a different time of the sport and all the things that you just said. We're yeah. still talking about him, so they must have meant something to all well, the people. Well, yeah, you know, and I have immense respect for his uh, ability, and I've always said that, regardless of our disagreements and things that happen. You know, mate, a guy that, that buggers off to America and goes and does what he did for the period of time that he did, unbelievable. You know, I just got, all I've got is just kudos for that. It's uh, phenomenal, and I don't know. He probably wasn't satisfied. I'm not sure if he was or he wasn't with what happened um, over there um, for the period that he was there or not. But um, from an outsider's perspective and looking in to go on something so difficult and so hard and to achieve what he did, you know, you can only you can only pay uh, respect to that. That's uh, that's impressive. Well, I'm going to pencil in the Wednesday of Repco Bathurst 1000 week, the press conference. You will sit at the front. He will have the microphone, and it will be 15-all in press conference. Fight Greg Murphy. Thanks for the chat, and always appreciate the openness of the insight. We'll catch up with you soon as you're on that uh, pathway back to the Repco Bathurst 1000. Thanks for joining us on Repco Supercars Weekly. Cheers, mate. Good on you. Great to catch up with Murph for his take on a bunch of stuff relating to Townsville and 
what's going on in the supercars paddock. Really interesting to see how that all pans out with ownership, with who replaces Jamie Winkup. They're the big burning questions of the sport. Now, on this day, July the 20th, back in 2003, we talked about going back to Queensland Raceway. Uh, that was when Queensland Raceway was held that year on the 20th of July. It was a 300k single driver race. Russell Ingle got the win for Stone Brothers Racing in his first year with the team. His teammate, Marcus Ambrose, finished second. Todd Kelly, third for the Holden Racing team. And as I mentioned in the chat with Murph, Marcus Ambrose is on the V8 Sleuth podcast powered by Repco tomorrow. It drops at midday. We talk about all sorts of stuff. His recent deal with Gary Rogers Motorsport, his supercars television work, a bunch of stuff from his time with Stone Brothers Racing, racing in NASCAR, racing overseas. Some funny stories that you might not have heard before. He was in very good form. Marcus Ambrose on the pod dropping tomorrow. Tune in. Don't forget to the garage either from Repco. Head to the website repco.com.au or .co.nz. For our Kiwi friends, it is your online automotive and motorsport digital destination, the garage from Repco. Make sure that you check it out too. That's another episode of Repco Supercars Weekly in the bag. Marcus Ambrose drops tomorrow. Make sure you tune in. It is a cracker. Thanks again for your company on Repco Supercars Weekly. Chat soon. Do you know how to find the right oil for your car? Now you can find out quickly and easily online, thanks to Castrol's Rego to Oil tool. Simply type in your Rego, select your state, and within seconds you'll know the best Castrol products to unlock the edge of performance in your car. So what's your car best suited to? Just search Rego, the number two, and oil, and find out.